Hi guys, I've been meaning to do this for a long time. There is so much local talent around me as far as music wise. And one of the bands that I've been following, I don't know if I've been following them from day one when they started performing, but for a long time now, uh, come out of the the Hertford County, Bertie County area. Uh, I'm talking about the Eric Dunlow Band. If you haven't seen these guys, and I know you haven't here lately with uh, the whole coronavirus, hard to see. But if you haven't seen them live, you really need to check them out when we get, everything gets back to normal. And with me tonight is two guys from the band. I'm talking about uh, one of the guitarists for that band, Mr. Bruce Pittman. And then we got the man himself, Mr. Eric Dunlow. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, uh, been meaning to have these guys on for a while. We actually, uh, I don't want to throw anything at Bruce right here, but we, we had made a deal a while back that if the 49ers won the Super Bowl, I would bring Bruce on, but that didn't happen. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and for a while there, I thought it was a done deal, but Bruce is a big time. And I'll give these guys credit. When you stick with a team, and the 49ers, they've had some good years lately, but – when you stick with a team through the lean years like the 49ers have had for a while, you're a true fan. And Bruce has got to be a true fan because you don't see many 49ers fans around here. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of heartbroken for him at the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, you won't. Yes, I really was, man, because, I, I mean, that that looked like it was in the bag. I, and you, The last message I got from you when we were texting – was the muscle arm that you, the emoji that you sent me? And after that, when they started, when they started to come back, I, I, I looked at my daughter. I said, "I'm not even messaging him anymore. I'm not going to do that." But uh, yeah, you guys, yeah. you guys have uh, you got some radio play here lately. You've come out with a new video, "Ride to the Country" is, is your single. But let's talk. Let's go a little bit back for both of you. Uh, growing up, what? What was your first introduction to music? And whichever one you want to start first, what was the you know the first time you heard, you remember hearing music and saying you know man I, that's something uh, I got I might want to do. I let Bruce get first. Um, man, you know what? I can't sit here and pinpoint when I you know thought that music would be something I would do. It took me a while. I mean, shoot, I was I was twenty seven, twenty eight years old before I even picked up the guitar. Oh. Um, I mean, that's old, older for somebody oh, an and, um, I don't know, man, um, I didn't really listen to guitar players when I was younger, actually. Right. I listened to, like, like MC Hammer, man. <laughs> like, I've been coaching for the long um, MC <laughs> Hammer and, uh, a lot of R&B and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, man, um. So I it guess was, I'd say yeah, it would be probably pop. I'm into like popular music back then. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, man, it, I, I was a late bloomer as far as, uh, as, far as guitar. As realize, yeah, yeah. As far as realizing I had, you know, a talent that maybe music one day. So. What about you, Eric? Oh. Uh, well, man, it, you know, anybody really knows my name, but I, I appreciate all kinds of music. You know, growing up in all around the Millennium, North Carolina, I was always growing up around, you know, Dalton and stuff around Conway, Twitter, and George Jones, but I always had a um, rock influence on me. You know, I love rock music just as much as I love country music. And, I, you know, the people that see us perform can hear that. You know, right. we got to 
you know, we got a rock edge to us. You know, I, I love classic rock, you know, Skinner and all the bows and 38 stuff. I love stuff like that. And, but I also love, you know, like Three Doors Down and Breaking Benjamin. Off the Bridge is my favorite band, you know, as far as a uh, rock band and stuff. Um, I picked up a get well, my cousin Lance was a drummer, and when I lived with him, he had a band called Modified with Lucas and Paul McDonald and all in. And I used to hit him practice and stuff. Lance had said me a couple things on his guitar, and I had a little cheap jock, a blue Johnson guitar, maybe a $60 guitar, and he showed me the open thing, the crazy thing. I practiced and practiced and practiced until I had it perfect. And the more I listened to them, you know, they were being there practicing, I picked up that guitar and that like I was playing along with them and I just developed a you know, I've always had a love for music and I always felt what I couldn't say, you know, I, I, I felt it through music. You know, some of my brothers would think on me because they could say something and I could go and play a song exactly what they just said and they're like, Man, how do you know it? <laughs> so yeah, I've always real deep connection with music and I've always felt like what I couldn't say in person I could write down a song and I could you know, put it out there so I've always had a real big connection with music, and you know, I, I, like I said, I appreciate all kinds of music. And I've always felt like, you know, when you write a song, it's, it's more worth like a child to you know, it's your song, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, people, I, I want to write stuff that people can feel because if you can't feel it as a performer, you know, they're not gonna feel it. So that's right. That's right. And if it, like you said, if anybody that watches you guys and perform live. You see the set list, and these guys play, like you said, Skinnerd. Uh, they play a little bit of country. They play some originals. They play a little bit of everything. But if I wasn't a fan before, when Eric showed up at one one show one night wearing a Kiss shirt, you know that made me. I was waiting for him to take on a Kiss song, but he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't get me on that one. Um, first, matter of fact, John, he just walked in. John, Okay. Okay. The first CD you got, do you remember the first CD you bought? I would say album, but I know Bruce might remember vinyl records and stuff like that back in the day. But uh, I know Eric Eric's dealt with CDs most of his life. The first CD I ever bought was a, uh, a Creed Greatest Hits CD. You know, it had, uh, Creed, had yeah. Pirate, yeah, What's This Watch For, and... Uh, I think you know just a, just a bunch of bunch of good songs. And, you know, Creed was like, one of my favorite bands until they broke up and they made Austin Bridge with just a, you know that's yeah. the same guys with a different different player. Um, Miles Kennedy. Miles Kennedy, man, he he is unreal. I've seen him perform about three or four times, and he is just he he's better live than he is for, you know on the studio. But um, that was probably the first CD I ever bought, and I actually I still have it this day put up. Um, it was the you know, when you open it up and it opens up at three sections, it's got, it's got one of the CDs, it's got a documentary, and then it's got the, all the music videos on it, and I still got it this day. All right, Bruce, what about you, with the MC Hammer? <laughs> <laughs> it was, man, it was, uh, it's probably in the top three, it was a tape, it won't no CD. Um, oh, tape, yeah, yeah, I, was, I skipped right over tapes, I forgot you were about the age of tapes, too. Yeah, uh, LL Cool J, MC Hammer, something like that. I mean, I feel you. You gotta be honest with with the man here. Um, yeah, as far as guitar stuff, man, that that come later on with me. Yeah. Um, but I was I was listening to a lot of popular music, and I don't want the name of that, but uh, yeah, 
MC Hammer. You talked <laughs> Yeah, no no problem there. No problem there. That was the popular stuff back then. Uh, you talked a little bit about going to see Miles Kennedy in, in concert for a couple times. What was the first concert you guys went to? First concert for me was uh, Aerosmith. And I got to see Fuel. Live, uh, oh yeah! But I got I got to see him in, in the heyday in the prime and like fuel to me. A lot of people overlook fuel when they talk about, especially alternative music. Right. Our opinion, fuel is one of the best uh, bands in alternative music that ever was, and I I'll put, I, I can agree with I'll that. put them over. Really I'll put them over. Mood and a lot of ones that people would probably be like, you know. You, I, man, I've listened, I, actually about a month ago, I went up there and I, on iTunes and I was listening to just some songs I never heard about them, man. I downloaded a lot of songs, I mean, they got some, and it's crazy, but you know, talking about that, some bands, their bonus tracks and some of the tracks that's up there is some of the, you know, better tracks than what they actually, you know, the, the uh, hit number one. I agree, I agree. I love listening to the, uh, I love it when a band puts out a, something with bonus tracks because, like you said, Eric, you can find uh, some of the best stuff better than what's actually on the right. album with the bonus tracks. Right. I, I enjoy them better than that. And Fuel, what what happened to them? Because they were they were hot for a while, and it seemed like it seemed like if I remember right, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. If you guys remember, when Chris Daughtry was on American Idol. It seemed like they had already offered him the lead singer job because he sang, he sang hemorrhage on on one of his performances on Idol, and they, I mean, I don't know if that if that ended up being one of the things that that messed with the band or something like that, but it seemed like if you're messing, I actually played the, um, album in 2012, I want to say, it's a um, I can't remember the name of the album, but uh. What to say it was two thousand and no two thousand and seven. It's called Angels and Devils. I just looked it up. Right, 2007. yeah. Seven. Yeah, I think Dawson was out before that, wasn't he? Well, yeah, he's, about yeah, he started uh, before that. But there, there was a big, big rumor, and I think he confirmed it that he went out when he went out on his own. He did have a offer from Fuel to be the lead singer from that band. He decided he'd rather go out on his own. But it seems like after that, oh, yeah. they had some. They had some uh, disagreements, and they kind of split for a little while. And then they, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Daughtry turned down the offer. And then, uh, let's see, because they, they'd had some, some disagreements with the with the lead singer. So, yeah, I, I'll agree with you on that. They had some great, great songs from Fuel. And I, oh, would, yeah. I would put them up, like you said, Bruce, with anybody put, from that alternative uh, range. As far as, yeah, as far as the alternative range of the 2000s, and maybe a little bit before 2000, I put in top five. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So, what was the first concert you went to, Eric? The first concert I went to, Lance picked me up from school, and that white charger he had, he was still working with the sheriff's office. He, uh, he picked me up from school at 12 o'clock one day and never told me why he picked me up. He said, We're going somewhere. And I was like, Okay. You know, we went to pick Tina up, and we went to Raleigh. And when we got there, he told me that it was a Rob Zombie and a wow. Corn concert. They, they wow. scared me. It, 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 because that, you know, I was little and I had always think Rob Zombie like zombie, you know, you scared the piss out of them. When we got there, he said, no, he said, I'm just messing with you, whatever. He said, um, it was the Carnival Madness School. It had 
Off the Bridge, Hailstorm, Blackstone Cherry, and Theory of a Dead Man playing. And Theory of a Dead Man was headlining, Off the Bridge was right behind them. They were supposed to headline that concert, but they had another one, like, in California that night, so they let them headline that, that particular show so they could get on the road quick. Right. But, uh... You know, that, that Lance is who got me into listening to Creed and Austin Bridge and stuff. And, you know, at the time, they had just come out with AB3, which was their uh, third their third album. Yeah. And, you know, I listened to it nonstop, and I loved them, loved them to death. I was watching YouTube videos of them, just, and, I, you know, that was the first concert I ever went to. And I, I think that had a big influence on my music as well. All right. Because I remember... Me and Lance were front stage starting at the gate, and Mark Tamara threw me a pick. And I looked at Lance on the way home. I said, Lance, that's what I want to do. And he said, you want to do what? I said, I want to play music. And he said, well, just practice. He said, I'll, I'll help you as much as I can or whatever. And I think that was the start of Eric Dunlow's career, I reckon. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you said that's got a big influence on your, on you guys. What are some of the other influences on the band that you that you see as far as your band goes? Um, well, I think one of the cool things is you know it's me, Bruce, Bubba, John Wayne, and Dave. You know we're the main five. You know Dean fills in with us. You know when he can and stuff. And I think what makes our band different than the others and pretty cool is that you know Bruce has got his own. Style, you know, he, he likes John Mayer and he appreciates all the music. You know, he likes his style. John Wayne's more of the southern rock style. Dave is kind of in between all of it. Bubbles are hard rock. You know, Bubbles don't even really listen to country music. He just plays it because of, you know, it loves and he loves it. And, you know, and um, me, I'm, you know, I kind of, you know, I like anything. So I think that's, that's a pretty cool, you know, advantage that we have is that. All of us like different kinds of music. When you put that together, it just it turns into something good. So I think it's, I think that's what one of our biggest things is. And the cool thing with them is that when I pick the songs that we do or whatever, we'll we'll learn them how it is, but we also put our own touch to it. Yeah. You know, and some some parts of it might have like the southern rock lead to it that fits that song or some of them might have a bluesy lead that fits that song or you know it's just it's, it's pretty cool yeah i just remember one of the cool and i wish i don't know if you be if you would try have you tried this in, uh at practice or not one of the times you guys that took a break your, your other guitar player and and dave was sitting out there just fooling around and started playing the intro to Queensryche, Silent Lucidity, and I was like, oh, man, if they would try that, that would be pretty awesome there. But, uh, yeah, they, they pull, pull that in practice a lot, and I, I'm to blame for that because I, I don't really know that song. Which I, I know the song, but, I, you know, I have never tried to mess with it, but Johnny Wayne, man, he'll look at me and start smiling, and he'll bust it out, and I'm like... That's a pretty awesome yeah. song. That's one of my favorite songs right there. When he started playing that, I was like, holy crap, if they try that tonight, that's, that's going to be pretty awesome. But uh, another one that another one he always messes with me is on the hunt by West Skinner. He always busts that one out on. I, I, you know, I, I haven't tried to mess with it. So, funny you say that, man. Go ahead. Funny you say that, Steve. We're, we're like pretty much we're like all fans of each other
Johnny's so good, man. He'll, 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 you know, he'll come up with something and start playing it. And it's just like, you know, just a fan. We're just like a fan of Johnny Wayne. After all practices, though, we're pretty cool. <laughs> it's like Johnny Wayne has like the jukebox on his head that he knows the guitar. He definitely, <laughs> he definitely can pull off some stuff there. That definitely, I, I was really impressed. I'm impressed with all of you, but when he started, I mean, when you bring Queensryche out, I, that was like, I was like, oh man, this this is pretty good there. But well, hopefully we can get back out there. I'll get him to bust it out one night and let him play. Yeah. So now, is this the first band that you guys have been in? Were there other bands before? No, not for me. Not um, not to this extent. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, dude. I played a lot of years by myself. Right. Honing my skills, um, getting comfortable with the guitar. Guitar didn't come easy for me, man. It, it took a lot of work. Um, it took, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't something, you know, you see some guys play for one or two years, and, it's, and they, they play better than guys that have been playing for 10. I worked at it and worked at it, and I still work at it every day. But... Um, as far as bands, um, it's, it's some local guys around here. Jason Courtright, I played with him uh, a couple times. I had a well, I did. I had like this little small trio group I played in. It was called Hard Park. Um, it was me, a guy I went to barber school with, Ashton Bass, and Jason Courtright. We did some um, wedding and, and, and those small stuff. But uh, as far as bands, you no, know, it was a learning curve to be in a band and. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, big band stuff. I mean, people people ask me they're like, you know, the same question just asked me. They thought I've been in a bunch of bands, but I haven't. And they're like, almost like, well, damn, man, you got, you got lucky. You know, I I don't know what you want. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I was one of the first bands I was in, was doing pretty good, you know, but. Either way, yeah, I, I, I didn't do a lot before this band, man. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Uh, all right. You, you got to get a special. Y'all getting ready to get the Eric Miller legacy story right here. <laughs> uh, well, you know, when I, when I moved in with one of my brothers or whatever, I, I never played out. I always sat in my room and played my guitar, and I learned how to sing when I was about Sixteen or seven, I thought I was seventeen years old. I I had messed with it, you know, joking or whatever. And what really got me was somebody told me one night at a party, said, "Look, man, you just need to quit. You can look, uh, you might just want to sit playing guitar." And for some reason, that put a fire under my ass. So I went home and I started. But when nobody was home, I started by myself. And man, I sounded like if you kicked a dog in the ass when I first started. Which everybody is. When you first start, you're not just going to pop out and sing your heart out. You, you're not. And I kept on, and then I, Tyler heard me one day. He come in from work, and he heard me. And he was like, dude, he was like, you're actually getting really good. And it embarrassed me. I was like, man, I, I didn't want you to hear that. <laughs> but he kept pumping me up. I was, you know, I would work with some stuff during the day, and try to learn this song, try to learn that song. And even, you know, to this day, I still have songs that's hard for me to sing, but the more I work at them, the better I get, and I can get them. And, um, anyways, I, um, I finally got to where I was comfortable with it, and I won't, I won't 
good. I was maybe 40, 50 percent. I was where I needed to be because I hadn't ever played with nobody. And I was about to say my time was a little off and stuff. And uh, one of the guys used to play with us, he messaged me. And uh, he said, hey, man, we're looking to sing it. And you got, a, you, know, you got some good original. I was putting some originals on Facebook where he found me. And he said, why don't you come over to practice and uh, try us out one day. And I said, that's fine. And it was actually guys that played with Martin. It was James, Bruce, uh, Kevin, and Jason Courtright was here. And they wanted me to come over here and sing. And I was, man, I was nervous as shit, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was nervous. Good God. I was so, because I had never played with a band. I had never sung with a band, nothing. And when I walked in, Bruce told me, he said, hey, man, come show me some of your originals. And I showed him, and uh, one of them songs was Ride to the Country. Yeah, yeah I, I think I showed him, uh, I think I showed him Strongest Whiskey, Friday Night, and Ride to the Country. And when he heard Ride to the Country, he was like, man, that's it right there. And I wrote a verse, and actually the second verse was, uh, I think it was like, we, we like UNC, Tall Hills, and Dog Hunting. something you know i wrote lyrics to one song and that it which it it came to me just like that and i'm not saying i'm a songwriter or anything like that but what kind of process do, do you go through and how long does it take for for one of your original songs to go through it i mean because that's that's not an easy thing to do i but i it might get easier as it go you go along but what kind of process goes into it when you do one of your original songs 
man, to be honest with you, man, it, it don't get easier, and it 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 always, man, it, it gets harder, you know, because. performance for you guys? some of your favorite songs to play for both of you? What's some of the favorite songs you guys play? What, the cover or the original? Either one, both of them. Any of the songs y'all like to play? Um, my, fa- my favorite would probably be, oh God. Hard to pick, ain't it? Either one. Um, 
as far as on dusting bottles, I always find the mix. As far as covers, let me get to the song list because I got a bunch of them. As far as covers, I'd probably say my favorite would be. Tough to pick, ain't it? That's 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 a good segue because that's a, that's something I want to talk about. Uh, that's probably my favorite original song that you do because I mean you can really the first time I heard it you talk about you talked about earlier if if you can't feel it as a songwriter when you're up there performing you know the audience won't be able to feel it. But man, when I first heard that song, yeah, I could feel it. That was that was a, a powerful song right there. You can tell that came from the heart. Yeah. So what what went into tell talk a little bit about the background of that song about nineteen forty eight. Alright, well the, the the back story between about uh nineteen forty eight was uh I can't remember where I, I had this melody at and what this course was about. So I knew what the course was about, but Anyways, we were in practice one night, and I busted that course. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I was, it was after practice. And I was sitting on the couch, and I busted that course out. And Bruce looked at me. He was like, dude, you have to finish that song. And, I, you know, I kind of laughed it off. And I said, yeah, man, we'll finish it. You know, whatever. And a um, couple months went by, a couple months went by, and we bu- I busted it out playing it. And the band fell into it. And... Dave wrote to me, so he wrote that song. So that's the one I've had tucked away for a long time, and they were like, they begged me to do it. So I went home and I finally put some lyrics to it, and that song turned out, and it's probably one of the most emotional songs for me because, you know, I wrote it thinking about my granddaddy because that, that was the year that my granddaddy was born, was 1948. Right. And my granddaddy was a big influence on my life, you know. My mama died when I was six. And my dad was kind of in and out of my life, but, you know, he finally lived back in my life, you know, and really, well, my, he's probably my best friend. But at the time, my granddaddy, you know, he was my everything. He was my mama. He was my best friend. He was my daddy. He taught me how to hunt and fish. He taught me dog hunt. He taught me how to work. taught me how to cook, everything. So I always wanted to write a song about him that would always be, you know, be his song. And that, that's how that song came about and when I wrote it, you know, because I remember him telling me one time when I was younger, he said, I wish you could go back in time to when I grew up. And I never forgot that lyric, so that's why when you hear that chorus, you know, close your eyes, go back in time to a time when everything was fine or whatever. And that's that's how that, that chorus come about. So, and honestly, it's, it's probably been one of the most fan favorites, you know, besides Ride Through the Country because I, I see people singing it when we play it all the time. Yeah. We're actually getting to go to the studio and record that one, and that's going to be our number one single for the summer. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that. That was my next question. 
So chocolate, which we talked about ride to the country a lot, with good reason. Uh, that's what your first, your latest single I put it that way, and and now the video's out. Uh, how thrilled were you to be able to to do a video for that for that song? It was uh, it was definitely a learning experience, man. You know, it it won't just all right. We're gonna you know it it won't just all right, man. We'll send the video. We'll be done with a couple hours, and we'll put it together. It was a lot of it was a lot of work and different things I had to do, and I had to sing the song over and over in different locations and changing clothes and you know different ways I was doing stuff and making sure that everything was perfect for that shot. And making sure that I was on time with the song, and it, it was it was definitely a learning experience, you know. And you know, gratefully, I want you know that. I, and you've heard me say this live, you know. This was always my song to the fans, and people's got me where I am, and keep pushing it. And um, like I said, man, I'm I'm so thankful. You know, I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about it right now. I'm so thankful for the people that's got me to where I am. You know. Y'all's been calling me since I first started playing out, and the people around my hometown just loves me, and I've hunted with and been around, you know. People, people, people all the time got called by my uncle, but, you know, they were the people that changed my doctors when I was a baby, and now I'm, you know, growing, got my own band, and music videos, and songs, and radio, and stuff, and, you know, it, it, I wanted, for my first video, I wanted to have a scene with my mama's grave in it, and I wanted to film it in my hometown. And everything you see in that video is in my hometown besides the ballroom scene. But, you know, when I'm in the field with the red shirt on, that's maybe 300 yards from my house, somewhere I've hung out my whole life at. And, you know, at the barn at night, that's right around there on Holloway Road, that's somewhere that I've fished at my whole entire life. So I wanted to make sure that I had my hometown in my first video. But it, it was a great experience, and, you know, I, I could be more happy, you know, my producer, Grant Hart, he did an amazing job on the song, an amazing job on the video, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great learning experience, and it was, a, it was definitely a life-changing experience as well. Did you guys ever think in a million years that you would be doing a music video for one of your songs, you know, I mean, especially, you know, to get to do it, like you said, in your hometown and where you grew up, did you ever think in a million years when you first started picking up with Bruce, when you started picking up the guitar, when you started working with the guitar, Eric, did you ever think in a million years you'd be doing a music video for a song you wrote? I'll tell you this, man, and I'll say, I'll say yes, because it's one thing life has ever taught me is to have faith and never give up on it. And I've never given up on anything in my life, and I never will. And when I started music, I said, I'm not going to do it, and I'm, I'm not going to quit on it. And I didn't know when the time was going to come, and I didn't know if it would be a year. I didn't know if it would be 20 years from now. But I knew that I was going to make somebody proud, and I was going to have a song on the radio. And I man, I prayed. I prayed about it. I trusted the Lord. You know, I prayed the Lord. I prayed, Lord, is this the right thing I need to do? Is this what I should be doing? And the whole time, I just had faith in my head. I, I, I couldn't ever figure it out, but it's like everything fell in place for it happened. And I know it was nothing but the Lord, you know, helping me to get to where I am right now. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's been times that I, I, I wanted to give up on it, but something in my head says, hey, you come too far to give up on it. Just keep pushing. And I did, and, you know, then the sponsors started coming, the, the, you know, Grant messaged me about it, and it's like everything just fell right into place with it. And now, if anything, it's just setting fire under me, and I, I, I want more of it. So, uh, what about you, Bruce? 
Yeah, man. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I ain't trying to sound conceited. How old were you when I first met you? I was eighteen or nothing. I'm twenty. You're be twenty man. I mean, it was just it was just a long time. I mean, you could hear the, the stuff he was writing, the melodies he was coming up with, and just it's just a god given talent, like he was talking about. It's just it, it was just so natural. And I and I and I say this to this day. I hate for the time like X twenty one now. Um, the sky's the limit for him, man. He can he keeps his hands screwed on straight, and he does. You know, he's young and bullheaded sometimes. Just like I am. <laughs> <laughs> but but at the end of the day, if he if he if he keeps going in the direction he's going. <clears throat> it, it, it's, a, it's, it's gonna be a lot more to come to, to, to this whole situation. So yeah, I, I thought the first time I heard him that he could uh, take it take it to another level that nobody around here is up to. Do you think you ever done anything in this video? Um, music video, maybe not so much. I thought I would when I heard Eric sing and 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 some, it, it comes back to original for me. You know, a lot of these bands. You know, I'm not taking nothing people to do covers, but when you write your own stuff, you can write your own ticket. You can yeah. always, yeah, you yeah, can write your own good. ticket to where you want to go, really. And um, just the difference in Eric's voice from when he two years ago till now, and, and it, it really, to be honest That's with you, it, it's still in, his voice still in Boston to what it really could be. Um, yeah, we're talking about cry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you about to make me cry. So let's talk a little bit. You guys have had a, a, an unscheduled, like all these other bands, an unscheduled break, and I know it's about to kill you guys. But talk about how this whole coronavirus has affected you guys and uh, how you're coping with it. Because you know, you you haven't. It's been what three months now since since you've done any two or three months since you've done any kind of live performing and hopefully that's going to let up soon if you guys you know does this give you a chance to kind of write some new material or work on some new stuff or are you taking advantage of it right now i know you did i know you did a facebook live show one night and that was pretty cool but are, you know how has this affected you guys i'll say this man i always try to look through the positives and everything because i know you know when them saying that i'm the leader of the band i'm the head man if I have a negative impact on something, that's going to make the whole band follow me. Because, And it took me a long time to learn that because Dave has told me, Bruce has told me, Bubba has told me, you the leader of the band, we care off of your energy. So when I, when I come to practice, even if I'm tired or, or bad, if I'm bad, if I come there ready to go with full energy, it's a great practice. And, you know, I think the whole coronavirus is bullshit. I think it's, I think it's, Dumb as hell. I think it, it was overreacted than what it really was. But with that being said, it gave us a lot of time to learn new songs. It gave us a lot of time to write. I think we got four new originals that we're going to be playing out when we come, and, and two of them are damn good, really, really good. The one that Bruce sent me the other night is a lot of the pictures I say for them is really, really good. And, um, you know, if it, it, anything has brought us together closer because we've had more time to practice instead of playing out and not having to rush to practice to get the shows and, you know, and if anything has brought us, you know, us guys closer together as a family because the band is, 
you know, you think of it as a family because if you don't have fun to go to the band, you ain't doing nothing. Right, that's right. That's so, exactly right. You want to have fun. You know, if we can't get together and hang out without music, then I don't think it should be happening. But, you know, it's I, I told him that from day one. You know, it's chemistry. It's like a machine, man. If one part of that machine ain't working right, the machine ain't going to work right. Everything has to be working. So I, I think, you know, I think the Lord has gave us some time to get tighter. And even on some of the songs we've been doing, you know, it's gave us, you know, tighter on them. And it's gave us time to learn a bunch of new songs and new originals that we're still working on, and we can't wait for you guys to hear them. Yeah. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, I couldn't say it better. <laughs> so talk a little bit about now where we can find the Ride to the Country video and where we can, you know, I'm sure you can look on Eric Dunlow's Facebook page. That'll, that'll give you all the information there. But uh, where can we find We can download you off Spotify and Apple, right? Yes, sir. Just type in Eric Dunlow and Ride Through the Country still pop up on them. Uh, the Facebook, uh, it's Eric Dunlow Band. Um, I've got an Instagram called Eric Dunlow Music. If you want to get follow that, I post pictures and videos every so often up there. Um, and I'm thinking about creating us a Twitter account for the band and, you know, doing that. I just haven't got to it yet. If you want to see the Ride to the Music video, you can go on Facebook at the Eric Dunlow Band and it's pinned right there to the top. Right. Um, I'm getting ready to YouTube. I just I haven't had a chance to do it yet because it takes a little while to upload it on YouTube. I just haven't had a chance. I'm probably gonna do it this weekend. But um, but for right now it's on Facebook at the fan page. If not, just message one of the band guys, and you know we'll we'll get it for you. Yeah, and if you guys don't want, don't, I mean, if you're too lazy to go to Eric Dunlow Band, you follow uh, on the fly. <laughs> Look, I just shared it on both of my pages, so uh, Ride to the Country. Guys, check the video out. It's it's great. The, Grant Hart, like you said, did a great job with this video. And, man, like you said, the song, which has been played on 105.7. What is there any other radio stations that have been played on yet? What's up? What's up? 94.5. 94.5. 94.5. So you're getting airplay out. That's great. Yeah, it used to be Water Country. Um, there's a radio station in Arkansas. What's it? Uh, um, Thunder Country. Th- Thunder Country. Thunder Country. I can't remember the exact numbers on it. But, yeah, no, but I'm Arkansas. I don't know the pin number. Like, I don't. But, right. Yeah. But they've been playing it religiously for us. And, you know, obviously we had a radio interview with them over the phone and stuff. And, man, they, they love us down there. They want us to come play one of these big music festivals they have oh, every wow. year. But, you know, we're talking about um, it's, it's a... That radio station, Raleigh, uh, WQD. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. They've been playing it. And, um, you got somebody playing Stevie, he don't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's, a bit, that's, a, that's a good problem to have right there. I, I, yeah, I, I guess so, man. It's, it's, it's been a great experience, man. And, you know, anybody I talked to, because I didn't even know that all of the men from 94.5 were playing it until a month later, you know, and see one of me and Bruce come up there and do an interview with her. And I had no idea that she was playing it until somebody told me, and I messaged her. She said, "Yeah, I've been playing it since you, you know, you come out with it." And I was like, "Well, dog, I didn't, you know, I didn't know." It. No, ninety-four point five, I think. Yeah. So we can't can't wait to get out and see you guys back live again, wherever it may be. And look, if you guys want to keep up with her, I mean, I know they've got some scheduled up here right now, and I guess that's kind of. Kind of iffy or depending on what Governor Cooper decides to do. Uh, but if you want to go on yeah. the Eric Dunlow Band Facebook page, you can keep up with the shows up there. 
I see three right now. Uh, one at Herpes. supposed to be, um, it was supposed to be OBX, but I think that got pushed back because of the stuff. And the uh, Bethel Fishing uh, Center, that got rescheduled. And I think the next one we got coming up that we're crossing, we're crossing our fingers for us that we be jamming in Franklin. We are really, really looking forward to that. We hope to God that we can play it. Yeah, that's hopefully... Hopefully by that time we'll we'll have a little bit more freedom, uh, and we'll be able to. Hey, you know, I think there's over 200 people interested in going to that. If I, I haven't checked it lately. Now I haven't been, but Billy Joe, my wife, she's been to those, and they have a good crowd out there. We've been jammed. That'll be great for you guys. Hope that. I know. I know the pop. I know the pop rocks the other day. I mean, that that's a that's an actual big place. You know, for dance to play. I think. The Lavas played there. They played there a couple uh, before all the stuff started. I think some pretty big bands have played there. And it's, it's actually, man, it's a, it's a venue. You know, you got to buy tickets to go. And it's a nice, big um, stage in there with light, you know, moving lights. So, man, it's, it's, it's great. And I think Mr. Ray with Dixie 105.7, he, he's been playing that for us. And he's played us a lot, you know, the last couple months. And he messes me all the time and, you know, calls me and, He's, he's really, really plugged us a lot for that. But I appreciate Mr. Ray with 105.7 and I appreciate all the radio stations, you yeah. know, that's, that's played us and stuff. Yeah, and anytime, anytime one of these local bands can get get some airplay like that. And there's there's some local bands around here that that are doing great right now. And hopefully you guys can get back and playing live and get, get some more exposure out there and get this going. Before we go, <coughs> excuse me. We got to talk about this because you guys brought this up to me before we started. Uh, Here we go. That's right. You know, I, besides on the fly, I do the final score. And, it, and Eric and Eric has been wanting to get on the final score for a while. And we're going to get Eric on the final score. We're, we're going to talk some sports. You're going to kill me for this, but I've been a uh, Steelers fan my whole life until last year. And you'll never believe who I converted to. You probably went to the. If you say the Baltimore Ravens, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really be upset. I'll oh. probably. No, 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 no. I figured I pulled for Carolina everything else. I converted to the Panthers. Oh well, I don't have a problem with that. You know, can't... just because, just because Big Ben will always be my favorite quarterback of all time. I love Big Ben, and I will always pull for the Steelers no matter yeah. what. But I said, you know. I pulled for Carolina everything else, man. I, I'm gonna pull for pull for them for my hometown, you know. But if the Steelers are playing, I don't always pull for the Steelers. But yeah. I had to go ahead and convert to the, to the Panthers. Well, and I, to be honest with you, when, when the Panthers first started uh, back in, I think it was 95, the Panthers did this. They, they admitted it. And I think with this new owner, it's gone a little bit different. But they were trying to be the Steelers of the South. They patterned all their draft picks, yeah. all their, the way they did things. By the by, the Steelers and uh, you know nothing yeah, I wrong. Didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they picked up a lot of Steelers guys to start with. Kevin Green okay. came over. Uh, there, there was a lot of Steelers guy that came over to the Panthers just because they wanted to pattern that after them. But I have no problem with the Panthers now. If you just said the Ravens or the Cowboys, we might have had a, had a problem. Now I would say this about the Ravens, man. Lamar Jackson, he's <laughs> tight. He is tight, but yeah, the thing. Lamar Jackson- Lamar Jackson has been the best thing since Ray Lewis to have to the Ravens, man. He, he is a great young quarterback. I see a lot of good, you know, couple of years with him. You know, and here's the thing, and I hate it. I hate to say it, 
but I do like the kid because he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. But oh, the thing he's got he, to do, he's got to, he's got to learn how to get out of bounds. He's, he's got to learn how to slide, and he's got to he's got to learn how not to turn the ball over in big games. That's what's hurt the last well, two he's years. Got, he's also got to learn how to pass the ball, man. If you watch, yeah, his run capacity versus his pass capacity, man. He either he's gonna run the ball, or either he's gonna hand it off. He rarely ever he's gonna throw that ball. And don't get me wrong, man. When he's running. He's a big dude, man. He's gonna yeah. either run you over, and he. But then again, it comes part to where you need to learn to be a team player too. If you see somebody down field wide open, or you got a lane, throw it to the guy down field, man. Don't be a yeah. you know, don't be a ball hog. He he needs he needs to take some advice from his backup. He needs to take some advice from RG three. RG3 will tell you, you need to avoid the hits as much as possible, and when you, especially when you're quarterback. And we talked a little bit before we went on. You guys wanted to bring up MJ versus LeBron, and with the whole Last Dance uh, documentary that came on, of course it has got elevated, and I have been in a lot of discussions over the past month with people about MJ versus LeBron. And I'm like, you know, everybody knows my stance on it. And I respect everybody. You know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But you're not going to change my mind that MJ was is is better than LeBron. And, I, I mean, and maybe I'm a little biased because I come from that era. Uh, watching him watching him at Carolina. Yes, I'm a Carolina fan. And, I, and the only reason I was a Chicago Bulls fan was because he was there. But to watch... To go to six NBA Finals and go undefeated, and probably if he hadn't took the two years off for baseball, probably would have went to eight straight. And that, I mean, you can always say that's a big if. A lot of things could happen, injuries or whatever could happen. But probably, more than likely, he would have went to eight straight. LeBron's been to nine and won three. And, I mean, it's, it's it was a different era back then, and I know we'll never... Nobody will ever have the answer because they couldn't play. They can't play against each other in their prime. But it, it makes for fun to talk to people about it. I know you guys were kind of like iffy about. Oh, I don't know LeBron. Yeah, but then that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. LeBron's a great player for his time. I'll put it that way. That's and that's all. I, I'm like Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, it's um what you comparison you were making earlier. It's, it's probably a better comparison with uh, Kobe and Jordan, like oh, I said. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree with it. But, but really, on the same thing, it's probably a better comparison if you compare LeBron to uh, Magic Johnson. Yeah. And size-wise, I mean, yeah. Size-wise and, and the way they play, yeah. That will be a halfway. Yeah, it's, it, that, that's a better comparison. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. But, well, for one thing, I'm kind of – I, I mean, I, I thought I thought Jordan was a douche before the whole ESPN last dance <laughs> thing, but now it, just, it, it confirms it even more. But for, just take that away. Just, well, this, this is what I'll say, man. It's still great. Is if you watch that last dance, man, when they had that interview with Carl Malone and they said, what comes to your mind when we say Michael Jordan? He said, Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. And they said, they said well, what's your thought? He said, look, man, he said, I'm a man just like he is. He said, everybody wants to damn say you got beat by Michael Jordan. He said, last time I said, I played the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Said, I didn't play Michael Jordan. I played the Chicago Bulls. He said, I'm going to tell you this. He said, Michael Jordan was a damn good player. He said, but I was a bad son of this too in my day. He said, just because he got one still on me, does that make him better than me? He said, hell no, it don't make him better than me. 
He said, last time I said, he said, Utah Jazz versus the the Chicago Bulls. He said, I didn't see Utah Jazz versus Mama Jones. He said, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to what? I, I thought that was a pretty cool statement because he always hear, oh, yeah, they played Jordan, they played Jordan, but, man, you had to think he had Death Rodman, Scott Assistance. It wasn't just Marvin Jordan. No, no. That, no. So that was a big influence. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! 
Don't tell me that. Anyway, let's move on to the what I was asking. You, yes, it was that. If you watched boxing, could you tell me who who the champion was right now? Oh, I mean, there's so uh, many, but you back then you had Holyfield, you had Tyson, you had you had big names, you had what what was the guy's name? Bo. I, I mean Riddick Bo. Yeah. But now you couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you who the champion was, and if Tyson. At his age, could probably mow through a lot of a lot. Of, I'm not saying he could be a dominant as dominant as he was back then, no. But I think he could be a contender. And with what I saw, what I saw in that workout, it's not the same as it was 20 years ago. It's not as it, it really isn't, and that goes for a lot of sports. Sports has become like like a business. With a lot of things here here lately, and you know, I'm I wish they would get back, which I know they're not, because money they're all about putting butts in seats and and making money. Uh, but you know, that's like NASCAR, for instance. I was a diehard NASCAR fan, and I still watch it. But the day it seemed like, and I mean, people always say this: the day Earnhardt Senior died, things started changing, and NASCAR became NASCAR kind of forgot what its roots were. Its roots were in the South. They closed a lot of the tracks, the traditional tracks in the South. They started closing and going up North, going out West, going out to the Midwest. They kind of, they kind of forgot where they're coming. They came from. And I would love to see them go to some of these tracks back down South again. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean yeah, that's, that, that's one of them. That was the first race I ever went to was at Rockingham. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It, you know, it killed the tires pretty quick, but, man, that was one of the funnest races ever to watch. Yeah, but, you and know. I think, man, the, reason, the reason I like Kyle Bush, a lot of people saw him with Chase Elliott and this person, that person. The reason I like Kyle Bush, man, is because even Dale Jr. said it. Dale Jr. was my favorite until he was tired. He's the closest thing to his daddy. That's what I'm You know what? He's a good-ass good driver, but he's going to do what he's got to do to win, too. You know, yeah, I like him because he don't nobody. He don't take no shit off of nobody. That's why I like him. You know, I think he's a little more more vocal than Earnhardt Senior was. Earnhardt Senior would just do most of his talking on the track. Every once in a while, he would he would say something off the track. But yeah, I just remember watching Earnhardt Senior in Bristol one night. One night uh, and I can't remember if it was Ricky Rudd or Terry Labonte. He spun them. It was a night race. He spun him out the last lap, and the only time I've ever heard the crowd boo Earnhardt Senior. They, 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 they said it was Labonte. Labonte, yeah. The only time I've seen heard the crowd boo Earnhardt Senior, and he just he just looked like he you know it didn't bother him a bit. But you got you had to love the guy, and I mean I didn't pull for him, but I was uh you know I respected the guy, and I hated the way things ended. Man, I was I was, I was, I was too young. And watch it. Well, I, was, I think when Earnhardt died, he died in 2001, didn't he? 2001. He died in 2001. I was, uh, I was three years old, so you know, yeah. my daddy, he was a big Dale Earnhardt fan. And then when you know after he died, he pulled for Dale Jr. a whole lot. Yeah. So I kind of followed his footsteps, and you know, watching Dale talk about you know his daddy and stuff, and watching his daddy's you know, racing so I, I I hate so bad he died, man, because he had so many more years on him. Oh yeah. And he was you know, he, he was such a you know, he <laughs> one of 
the redneck still always go down as the king of wrestling. You know, as far as NASCAR. Oh yeah, he, he was the uh, he was yeah, Dale Earnhardt. You know, greatest hill praise Dale. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, I just man, I like Kyle because man, he that, that's what racing needs. Man, they need some good little dirty moves in there. Well, yeah, I think I think it's getting really, I think it's going to be a big ass rivalry between Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch because when Chase won the extended series the other night, yeah, he got out and Kyle, Kyle wins the race. He always bows and he did the exact same bow. Kyle said, "Envy," he said, "It pissed me off." He said, "Gonna be some damn talking when I get home." And well, I think it's going to be. You don't think that was that was in in response to to Kyle spinning him out at at the race before, do you? Don't get me started on that, man. <laughs> I got two minutes. If you, if you get me, it, it, all right, I'm not saying Kyle was in the right, but I'm not saying Kyle was in the wrong. If well, you Kyle, go back and watch that video, you'll see that Kyle, he overjudged that. He he, yeah. he didn't mean to write that guy, man. Oh, yeah. Well, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle admitted it was his fault, but he said he didn't do it intentionally. Kyle, I mean, Kyle, I believe Kyle, that. Kyle Bennett, he was his fault. He said, and he apologized to Chase over and over. Even on social media, he said, man, I did not mean to do that. He said, I just over my movement. And if you really want to get offensive with it, I'll say this. Chase just stood the hell up. He shouldn't have slowed down. <laughs> well, you don't think this might be a little thing, little thing with NASCAR to get publicity, get people back watching again? It, it could be, man, but I love it. Yeah, I, I think you know if you get back like the old days when they had feuds like that, uh, people watched every week just to see what they were going to do, and uh, maybe it's getting back to that. I hope so because I would love for NASCAR to get back like it used to, so I could enjoy watching it again. I mean, I'll I'll watch it, and I go to my my dad's house on Sunday to watch it with him a little bit because he's he he may have some problems with it. He's a Chase Elliott fan, so he may come after you a little bit, but uh um. But yeah, you know, I enjoy watching the end of it and stuff like that. But it's it just, I wish it would get back to how it was back in the day. I really do. I wish it would get back to its roots. But oh, yeah, we want to get a good practice. But a little before I go, I do want to tell some of the guys, you know, that helped me. Yeah. Play, oh yeah. Uh, some, of the, some of the local people, you know, uh, what's up, man? Thing, you know, Tim Fang and man, they they plug up twenty four hours a day, you know. They play out music. We do talk to interviews with them. You know, they share our stuff. They come out to our stuff. It is. I want to support them. Um, my, you know, other station, 105.7, 94.5. You know, some of the stations in Raleigh, the famous, you know, Arkansas, um, 96.3, the country. Um, and I, I really, really, really want to thank my sponsors. You know, we got bonus funding. You know, the people I work with, Mike's like my daddy. You know, I want, I want to really thank him. He's helped me a lot. Right. As far as going up to him. Um, he's helped me progress. You know, he gave me a job when I was 15 years old, and I've been with him ever since then. He's he supported me 100% through all my music and everything. So I want to thank them. I want to thank Clint Brinkley with Brinkley Farms. You know, they, they've been a big part of oh, yeah. you know, They're the reason we got hurt and stuff, and he helps us out a lot. Um, Jason Haircut, and, you know, they've helped us. Um, let's see, who else is our sponsor? Uh, Set the hair and all that. You know, Mama Bear, she's a manager. You know, she got her own haircut business. She sponsors us. And you, you, ever want, uh, you ever want the haircut, get to Mama Bear and all that. Uh, that was, you know, Bubba, he, he's got his own mechanic shop. He, he helps us a lot, a lot. So if you need some oil changes or tire replacements or anything, brakes and whatever, where is I going? You know, they, they've helped us a lot. And um, D-Days, we just picked D-Days up. You know, they've they, 
spots for this one. We got some in the works, but we really, uh, Pat Bravo, he just, he just told me that he was interested in sponsorship for us. He was going to help us with our, you know, our next recordings and stuff. So we want to thank him too. And if I forgot anybody, I don't have my fame to me that, you know, can name them or whatever, but I really want to thank everybody that's helped us and, you know, you asked where we need to be and, you know, continue to grow. So I really want to thank everybody for that. Well, I know, I know you, it's, it's well deserved, guys. I hope you guys keep working and, and you're able to take it to the next level, bud, and get more airplay. And, uh, who knows? Just remember, remember all these people when you make it big, when you guys make it big, like I think you can. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, Mr. Stevie. That means a lot to us. All right, guys. And, uh, thank you all so much for taking time out of your interview. Go ahead. Go get pra- go get your practice done. And uh, thank you all for taking time to be with us tonight on the fly. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Maybe we can do it again. Yeah, we'll do it again. I'll get you on the final score next time, and we'll really talk some sports. <laughs> all righty. All right, guys. That's Eric and Bruce from the Eric Dunlow Band on the fly.